0: is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about onboarding. And just like the word suggests, it means what you do when you bring someone on board. And usually this means a new person. In an organization, onboarding shows up in two different areas. New hires and new customers and clients. Today we're going to focus on the importance of onboarding a new customer and a new client. One of the reasons I am passionate about a strong onboarding process is because it is the first customer service experience that this now customer, no longer a prospect, has with your organization and that sets the tone for their experience and their retention this is true whether you are a profit for profit company or a nonprofit organization so when i say customer replace that with whatever word is appropriate so for example if you are a nonprofit organization and the majority of the revenue depends upon donors, then your customers are donors. And just like a for-profit company, you want a high customer retention. You want those donors to continue to donate. Just like in a company, you want the customers to continue to buy. And a previous customer is 60 to 70% more likely to buy again. So see why it's really important to focus on high customer retention? All right, let's go back to the idea of onboarding. That very first experience, their brand new customer, starts their customer journey. And this is your first opportunity to wow them. So... How do you do this? First, you want to think about the experience you want them to have. If you are an organization or a company that feels very strongly about service and providing excellent service, or in our case, one of our core values is extreme service, then that's going to impact the experience you want your customer to have. So in the Shooter Group, for example, I want our customers, our clients to be wowed. I want them to feel that they absolutely made the right decision in bringing in our firm for training or consulting. I want them to feel well taken care of, supported, many other things, but there's an experience there that I want them to have. And along with that are feelings I want them to feel. So that's the first part is what kind of experience do you want your customers to have? How do you want them to feel? Because this will determine the extent and the level you might go to or obviously employees in your company might go to, in order to start providing that experience. The moment they are experiencing your product or service, how does that happen? So in our case, training and consulting, it doesn't normally happen the instant that someone quote-unquote buys that consulting or that training program. However, what happens next is part of that whole experience. In a more brick and mortar store with actual products and inventory, then that new customer's experience starts the moment they buy that product. So, what does that look like? The next thing you want to ask yourself is what do you want? your new customer to be able to do and oh my goodness this there's it depends on on what you're selling right so let's go back to the the donor example so what you want them to be able to do so if if they're a new donor then they have donated money or perhaps maybe they've agreed to so if they've agreed to but haven't paid yet well then what you want them to be able to do is to easily submit their donation? How does that happen? And then what happens next, and then next, and then next? And all of those are steps that should be part of your process that are part of your new customer onboarding experience. If you're a company that sells blenders or a Vitamix, well, what you want them to be able to do is to be able to unpack the box that they just bought and start using it right away. And that it's easy to use, easy to figure out. The next thing you want to ask yourself, and I alluded to this before, is what are the logical next steps? So with the Vitamix, maybe there's a how-to video, and there was, we bought a Vitamix a few years ago, so I'm, I'm thinking about that onboarding experience in terms of a physical product that we bought. So there was a video on how to get started, how to navigate around the Vitamix because there were all these different settings. There was a cookbook. There were all sorts of things that they tried to to put in front of me, information, resources, so that I would actually use the Vitamix. Because yes, while it might be great just to sell it and get the money, if I'm not using it, as a customer, I'm not becoming a raving fan, then I can't tell other people how wonderful having a Vitamix blender is. So it's not just that you sold it and who cares if they go home and take it out of the box. You actually do want them to go home and take it out of the box and use it and love using it and get excited about using it. So have that as part of the your idea of wanting them to use the product. Same thing with a donor. I'm going to use those two examples, a donor and a Vitamix. The donor wants to feel like they made an impact, that that money that they've just donated is going to a good cause, that it's going to be used well, that they can can rest assured that they've done something good a few years ago we made a significant donation to an organization and we as part of that we got um, we got an ad in the the gala program and i think we might have gotten a couple of other things and so of course we submitted the the ad for the program but what i was really surprised at was that i didn't get a thank you letter or a card I also didn't get any kind of a phone call or an email saying thank you so much for your donation. I already said I didn't get a thank you card, but it was more and here's how we're going to use it. Here's how we're going to use the money that you donated to impact positively our organization So the following year, when some of the people who had volunteered to call previous donors to ask for donations this current year, I said no. I would have donated if I had felt acknowledged and appreciated because a worthy cause. And I still believe it was, it's a worthy cause, but I really did not feel good about being a customer of theirs in terms of being a donor. It's those logical next steps and the process that you are building, whether you provide a service, whether you provide an in the world tangible product, what are those logical next steps? Going back to the Vitamix example, one of the logical next steps Was you can join these various Vitamix recipe resource groups because now you've got this Vitamix and you've spent a few hundred dollars on it, and so you want to get your money's worth. And here are some places to get great ideas, great recipes, connect with others. That was part of those next steps. And when you are formulating what those are, then think about how many of those can be automated. Hey, now that you've just joined our blah, 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 group, product, whatever it is, here are three things you can do to get off to a strong start right now. Whatever those three things could be. That email right there could be automated. You could also have something in there that's not quite so automated and impersonal? What about a phone call or a thank you card saying, we're so excited to have you as a new customer. We welcome you to the family, just something like that. Everyone likes to feel acknowledged and you cannot over acknowledge someone, I believe. Part of your onboarding process, the next question that you want to answer is, how can your new customer get more support if it's needed? And what does that support come in the form of? Nowadays, you go onto many websites, and there's a little chat icon right there to where you can get support. Sometimes it's 24-7, oftentimes it's not. But It will tell you if chat is offline or here are the best ways to contact us. Ideally, you have more than one. Some people want to be able to pick up the phone and talk to a human. Other people really don't want to talk to a human and they'd much rather deal with the impersonal chat bot or perhaps a customer service representative, but through chat. Or they might just want to send an email. They don't want to have to wait for the next chat representative to be available to serve them. The more options you offer and the easier you make it for your customers to be in touch with you, the happier they will be. If they're frustrated because they can't find a way to be in touch or that way to be in touch doesn't fit their personality or the way they like to connect with people, then that frustration level goes up. The next question you want to answer is what do your new customers think they need? And this comes from research and development. It comes from actually asking them. It comes from focus groups. It comes from paying attention. It comes from looking at what are some of the questions that those customer support representatives, either chatbots or on the phone or an email, get. And you can start looking at and and figuring out what your new customers need. And then the last thing to look at is, unless it's a very simple off-the-shelf product, if it's more complex to see all the pieces that you need to address in onboarding a new customer, what are all the things they get, for lack of a better word? Is it multi-part? Do they get multi-pieces? Do are, are there several different facets to what they bought, what they signed up for? Going back to the donor example, what if um, with their $10,000 donation, they get a table at the annual gala and they get an ad in the program and they get an invitation to the semi-annual golf tournament, whatever it might be. So those are three or four different things. How do you address that they get those three or four different things? Some of them are going to want to know, they 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 want it confirmed that, yes, I just donated this money and now I'm going to get those three or four things. And then, of course, if it's not all going to happen at once, like the golf tournament isn't going to be until four months from now, then letting them know we will be in touch with more information about the golf tournament and how you can get your tickets and register your guests, whatever it might be. So you look at everything they get and you put that in the process. The smoother and more detailed that is, the less likely it will happen that something drops off, drops out, and a mistake is made, or somebody doesn't feel taken care of or doesn't feel acknowledged. And then you look at how much of that can be automated. You don't want to automate everything, I believe, because in this world where there is so much automation, sometimes it's nice when a human being actually takes the effort to reach out. Remember that happier customers mean, returning customers means referrals, and all of that, whether you're a profit or nonprofit, leads to a better bottom line. Happy customers, happy organization. If you'd like information on how to create an onboarding experience for your customers, please be in touch with us at www.theshulergroupllc.com. And you will see that there are multiple ways to get in touch with us. We would love to help you design or to refine your existing customer onboarding experience because we are passionate about customer service. Until next time, may you thrive.